From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we're on the phone for the Fans of Blue Blue Show. Uh, the Dugout Podcast, we got some struggling things going on, man. We are tied for currently the longest streak of losing in the league with the Nationals at five games. Uh, we have to go back to the Seattle series uh, to discuss what happened, uh, losing 8-6. to six, uh, And then the following game, Garrett Cole got destroyed. Uh, we got to recap all of that, man, because a lot of that goes into – what we're probably going to discuss this evening. And also, uh, the following series uh, up in uh, St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis uh, sweeping the uh, New York Yankees. And, and the, the, the disheartening thing about that series, uh, losing all three kind of ways, right? You lost the, you lost the game when you had the lead. Uh, the game uh, in the eighth inning, where Clay Holmes could not hold the lead, you lose that way in the eighth inning, right? Uh, Friday, I mean Saturday, you had got shut out in a, in a in a rematch game versus Jordan Montgomery. He gets some, uh, I guess you could say, revenge. And uh, pretty much within a week, traded from the Yankees to the Cardinals and, and went up against Herman and got a a shutout victory over his former team. Right on Saturday, and then on Sunday, uh, you saw the Frank Frankie Montez uh, debut, and he got rocked. And you saw as the, the finally a game where the Yankees bats started to come back alive, but they could not come back. Uh, St. Louis was ahead of them uh, from jump, and they just oh well, actually they weren't ahead of them from jump. They actually were down four to one, and then uh, the Nolan Arenado home run uh, really got them jump started, and then really saw them hold on to that lead. And sweeping the Yankees. Now the Yankees on a five-game losing streak. Also, now they're in Seattle for another series. Uh, just literally just played the Seattle uh, Mariners uh, this past week, uh, and we got to talk about that. Like I said, you know they're lo- losing two out of three to Seattle at home. Uh, this is no gimme, man. This is this is just poor funk baseball. No matter how you look at it, uh, mostly I, from how I look at it from the from the pitching perspective, and also, um, you know, because to talk about as far as the new additions to the team and and how they're going to be a fit the rest of the way. Um, I also don't want to forget, also, let's try to get to some things uh, around baseball. Um, DeGrom pitching for the Mets, you know, put that on the table because the Mets winning four out of five versus the Braves. That was a hell of a series, right? And then also for them, um, LA's playing well. The Dodgers are playing well. Uh, let me see. I think, uh, I, and also the AL and, and the wild card. I think it's a fascinating race. And, and this also kind of ties into this episode in a, in the sense of the Cardinals right there, right back in the midst of things in the NL Central behind the Brewers. So we can talk about all these things. And, and let's have some a discussion on what happened versus Seattle and uh, what happened uh, versus the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, let's get everybody on and say hello. Um, I don't know where we would start because there's so many ways we could start this. Uh, but we'll start with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, say hello real quick. Just say hello to the people. Uh, how you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, let's, go, let's go Yankees, man. we we got a lot to talk about, so I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait to get into it, man. Okay. All right. Shout out to Jimmy. Thank you very much. Uh, Carl, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, another week talking baseball, first with our squad, and then uh, we'll go around baseball and get thoughts. What's up, man? How you doing? Good evening, Steve. Good evening, Jimmy. How are both of you guys doing? On I, Well, I mean, I know the answer to that question, but uh, hopefully things are going okay. I'm okay. Um it's you know, it's not like the Yankees are only up one or two games in the, in the AL East. Uh, sometimes over this 162 stretch, as you already know, you take as big of a division lead as you can, and sometimes you're just going to go into a funk. But and I think you said it last week, and I totally agree. Uh, the pitching 
overachieved and is back down to earth. But thank goodness, a lot of the teams that didn't get out the gate as fast as we did are still trying to find their way. But that doesn't necessarily mean postseason success as well. So we'll talk about all that, uh, Carl. Uh, but, uh, Jimmy, let's go back, man. We could start with Seattle, if you like, or we could go to the St. Louis series, or we do, we'll go into to both with this five-game losing streak. What are your thoughts? And, and Carl, we'll get your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, well, we go, we gotta start with St. Louis just because, uh, just because. I mean, I mean, that's the one, that, that that's the one that stings a lot. Just because, not, not, not only, not only to lose, not only to lose, but to lose, to lose all three games, and 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 then to and then to lose, you know, what Montgomery, Montgomery pitching well against you, you know, which is, which is kind of, uh, it was kind. It was kind of painful to see that, you know. Like, it, it just it just shows you that it just shows you that when you trade when when you when you trade somebody away who's really good, and then and then and then, and then you end up playing them and come back to bite you. And you know, I I think that's what and I think that's what showed there. And then you know you and then you know yesterday's game was just yesterday's game was just back and forth. I mean, Clay Holmes don't cut. Clay Holmes hasn't really looked like himself in a long time, you know, in a long time. So that's that, that's something that's got to be looked at. And you know, it was just it was, it was just the overall disappointing series. Like you know, I I really thought that I I really thought that we would at least take two from at least take two from the cart, you know, at least take two of them. Yeah, yeah, you know, we didn't we didn't even do that, you know, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then the rest, then the rest of the series, the rest of the series, you know, it's this, this whole, uh, this whole losing streak is just, this whole losing streak is just crazy. We have to just figure out, uh, we got to figure out what's going on and try to, and try to correct it because, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna come back to bite us sooner or later if we don't. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. All right, cool. Shout out to Jimmy. Uh, we'll come back to you, Matt. Um, Carl, what are your thoughts uh, if you want to go back to Seattle? Because I think, I mean, it all starts there, right? The losing streak, if you want to start there. And and if you want to give your reflections on what happened versus the Cardinals, we can talk about that as well. Um, I mean, with the with the Seattle thing, I guess you you'd only would primarily put it on the game that Cole started. Um, the, the one thing that I'm very uncomfortable doing is basically having, like, referendums after each time Cole does it as well. Like, that's something I've become very uncomfortable with, that sort of discussion. Like, the game, so, he started with 20, was it 22 games this season so far? Of those 22, he's probably had, what, maybe four or five, just, you know, eh, you know, performances that you wouldn't like. Let's just put it that way. And it seems like whenever those games happen, all of a sudden it becomes a conversation of, well, is Cole really an ace? It, it, can he be trusted? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, what, do you, what, what, because he's not Max Scherzer? Is that really what we're discussing here? Like, that's kind of what people are, are or, or he's not Verlander, who's pitching to like a 1.7 RA this season, coming off of Tommy John surgery. Like, the sort of over-evaluation of, of, a, of a cold start has become very, very um, uncomfortable. And so I'm, I'm, I can't get into the six runs that he gave up in the first inning. Uh, things happen. Um, as far as the Cardinals series goes, um, the Holmes thing is still, as I mentioned last week, and I keep bringing this up, that's still an issue. Now, he pitched better than his results, double to a guy hitting a buck 40. I mean, that, that one, that was a little, mm, and he proceeded, he, he proceeded that by walking the guy that went, that, that was ahead of him before this even happened. So, Part of that's on Holmes, and the other part's on, you know, just some some bad luck that happened. But, you know, unfortunately, the Holmes market correction continues. And whether or not that finds itself, who knows? But I I can't go with the, well, he just has to pitch better. Well, no, he's never pitched like the way he was pitching before this. Um, The Saturday game, hey, listen, Montgomery had a nice start. Am I going to suddenly say, oh, the Yankees never should have traded him? Because essentially what you're – Here's what you basically have to ask yourself. Do you believe 
that Montgomery is a better pitcher than Herman for the rest of the season. Because that's essentially what, you're being, what, what, what was being proposed. Because even if he was on the team, the team would have six starting pitchers. Well, they're not going to start six starting pitchers. So one of them was not going to be in the rotation. Take your pick as to who that person might be. But clearly the Yankees found uh, Montgomery to be uh, ex- um, expendable in that particular deal. So that's fine. Hey, a guy pitches a nice game, fine. Have at it. Um, the fact that, you know, the Yankees couldn't get any hits that night, hey, you know. Now, the biggest thing that came out of that weekend is what happened yesterday. And last week when we had the discussion about Montauk, I told you all that I am very leery of any starting pitcher that gets traded out of Oakland. Take a look. Take a, take a look. Find out the last time an Oakland A starting pitcher who's been traded in the last, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years maybe if you want to go back that far, that Billy Bean has dealt has been better after he's been traded from the Oakland A's. Try to find it. I was looking it up. I couldn't find it. And so the Yankees went with the Sonny Gray route the last time. They have gone the Montauk route. And you could tell in the first inning something didn't look right. They said he came into town the night before. Okay, whatever. However, what I'm fearing is that there are a lot of fans who are ready to put the Gallo treatment out for him if he blows up at Fenway Park this weekend. Because he, unfortunately, and this is no slight to him, but he is part of a, a list of guys over the last going on 20 years that the team has acquired these sort of like number one starters, but solid number two starters who happen to be number one starters on mediocre to poor teams who amasses a quality pitching resume while he's pitching for that team that the Yankees believe because he's cost controlled that they can turn him into a exceedingly high quality starter for them and has been failing miserably at this for about 20 years now. And so does Montas go into that group of guys? I, I don't, I won't name them because they are excommunicated. I, I have excommunicated all of them from my vocabulary, but that performance that I saw Sunday was not a very good first impression. And so it has me very, very on defense wondering what is to come. Because as you've noticed, the fans will then turn their ire to him the second that happens. Much like how Gallo got the treatment, Donaldson began to get the treatment. I mean, he got a couple of hits this weekend. But I fear that Montas is going to be the next guy in the crosshairs of the fans if something doesn't go right this coming weekend at Fenway Park. Yeah, definitely, of course. Um, he's here to fill in a, a start and pitch and void to really get us into a very deep run. And I know, I know he's coming off the bereavement. I guess somebody had a family passing. Not, not to say it's an excuse or nothing, but, you know, things happen with life. And who knows, you got traded, you're on a new team, it's professional baseball. But, yeah, that's showing uh, after having that 4-1 lead. Uh, they chipped away at him, and the Cardinals. And I gotta appreciate they play. They're playing pretty decent baseball. They showed that sometimes small ball does work, and they took their chances with power when needed, and they definitely did it well on Sunday. Uh, I'll have more thoughts on that on Friday. But let's get Susie Prof on with us and talk about what happened in uh, uh, versus the Seattle Mariners. You know, got the game tonight. I'll probably catch the replay in the morning, to be quite honest with you. I'm just kind of just funked out <laughs> what the hell this team is doing pitching-wise. Uh, Susie, probably what's going on? Uh, five in a row for the Yankees losing, man. Um, fast stretch of baseball, we can afford to. We're playing a little bit of house money in, in the division. But what are what are you seeing? And, and I want to put this out there. It hasn't been said that. I, I totally hated the base running on Friday. I, poor base running. But nonetheless, uh Losing the last two to Seattle and getting swept uh, versus the Cardinals. What are what are your thoughts? How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a funk, right? Yeah. A funk of of all uh, of all funks, right? It is August. It is the dog days of summer, 
And uh, honestly, I think the other day I, I, I tweeted, I think the Yankees forgot how to pitch. So, I mean, Montas certainly that was not a good showing, but I can't call him Sonny Gray 2.0. I just I can't. And I can't even believe those, that name even came out of my mouth. I'm sick to my stomach just saying it. I, I, I think we need to obviously give, give the guy a break. Um, it's just that he's coming into a team that is already down. And he's bringing them down more. So the he's the, the his his dead weight, if you will, on that in that game, um, brought the Yankees back down. But and the other thing is, uh, you know, and I I don't know if you talked about this at all. I mean, the Yankees certainly are not at full strength right now, whereas other teams like the Mets are getting their players back um, in full force. So they're not in full strength. We've got Rizzo down. I'm, I'm hoping he will be able to play back to where he was, hitting home runs um, in every game um, and, and really, you know, anchoring that, that, that three-hole in the lineup. Um, so he's down. I'm, Giancarlo Stanton still out. Want him back. Um, and I'm really looking forward to Harrison Bader to replace Aaron Hicks in center field if he gets off his plantar fasciitis fast enough. So, yeah, I think the pitching is just a real downer, and it can't just be Aaron Judge to the rescue all the time. Um, you know, I, I, I need to see, you know, uh, people step up, you know, and, and we're not seeing it. We, as I said, we have Rizzo out of, the, out of the lineup. We certainly aren't getting much production from Hicks, although he did hit a little bit this weekend, but just, you know, too little too late for that guy. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, not, I'm not seeing it. Do I see Trevino work his butt off every night? Yeah, I do. I see guys like that hustle, they play hard. But the Cardinals were just extraordinary. Now, I don't know if they're just that good, um, but watching them live for three days like that and really seeing all the at-bats, Arenado um, and, and company just really rocking the ball, I, you know, they're a force to be reckoned with. Now, do I think the Mets could face them potentially and, and knock them off? The way the Mets are playing, they have the same record as the Yankees right now. And now we're in single digits above uh, Toronto um, with, uh, you know, with, with the, you know, the East inching up. And we've seen teams collapse in August and teams come from nowhere and take over the division. So, I mean, I, certainly, I know Aaron Boone sat them down today and said, you know, we're, we've, we're a good team. We have enough talent to get through this stint. Yeah, I, I believe we do. But right now, the pitching is just terrible. It, you know, both bullpen, whereas I used to feel secure when I would see guys come in. Now I know Mike King went out, and that was just just a terrible situation. And I don't think we've been able to recover uh, from that at all. Um, you know, why we sent Jordan Montgomery away uh, remains to be seen, and, and I'm not real thrilled with, with what they did, but I guess maybe they're thinking about their future, Montos, Wright, and Seve potentially coming back, but um, I think they're just a mess right now. Since, since the trade deadline, they really haven't I don't know, something happened to the chemistry, and, it, and it's just not playing well out in front of all of us. So um, that's how I feel right now. Slightly depressed, Steve. I, I, I'm slightly depressed, as, like you. Um, and I got to be honest, man, I, a little bit in me, and I shouldn't be saying this on the show, but I'm kind of happy that Montgomery kind of stuck it to the Yankees. I, I, I To be quite honest with you, because – that made it seem like he was like no use, traded away. No, there was really no reports, or, or for my knowledge, as far as he was going to be out of the door. But just for a one-game situation and that quick turnaround coming from a team that you were on for the last several years, you go up against them and you really showed them and you gave them a shutout baseball. And then the very next day, the guy that kind of comes into the rotation on your way out and he kind of wets the bed the very next day. You, that was a, a very yeah. good weekend from the Jordan Montgomery perspective. Um, weird, well, he, but he, I gotta go he, he, resilience, right? Huh? I mean, the guy was born and groomed by New York. 
he was groomed to be resilient. And that's what you're describing, Steve. I mean, sorry to hold, I couldn't hold back, but I really yeah. was disappointed to see him let go like that. And I am glad for him that he got up yeah. there and he, and he pitched the way he did in what, in 100 degree temperature? You were at the game, weren't you? It was like hotter than heck uh, on, on the field in Missouri. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I'll get to that. Uh, uh, as far as around, on Saturday, I was around the various vicinities. They got a nice setup out there, man. Uh, but, Carl, I thought yeah. I heard your voice. You wanted to say something before I go back to the Montgomery point? Because, uh, you know, I got to say something about that. Oh, no, I was just saying that it was sort of like weird baseball karma that <laughs> that Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> but I, but but if you read the paper, I think it was, I don't know if it was Joel or if it was John Amon that had Montgomery's actually been available for far longer than folks may think. And so if you propose that same trade, like, for instance, if Harrison Bader were actually a, a fully healthy player, you probably even couldn't get Montgomery for him at all. Like, defensively, he is the best center fielder in baseball, bar none. So given that scenario, I, the Yankees clearly don't want Judge playing center field anymore. So I probably would have made that trade, too. Um. Oh, yeah, that's another point. I'm glad you said that because, Susie, probably, I got to go back to you before I go back on the Montgomery point. We have to talk about defensively with Aaron Hicks, the aloofness. I saw your tweet, and I had to double down with you on that. What is going on, man? Because I, I, like, I know he has good speed and all that, but as far as defensively in the outfield, if, I just can't remember, like, wasn't the last time he had a huge play defensively with the game-winning catch in Minnesota? Like, he looked at lost out there this weekend. Oh, my God. He's a disaster. How did he not get up throwing? I don't understand. And and the, I think the ball before that, he wasn't even hustling towards the ball. He right. needs to sit, be sat down because Yadier Molina clearly couldn't run. You saw him run, and he was kind of laughing at himself. And you know what? Hey, he's, he's, he's a Hall of Fame catcher. He's put his years in. It was 103 degrees. The guy can still rope it, and he's, like, trotting to third base. You mean to tell me you're not getting up and throwing him out at home plate? Like, you forgot? I sometimes wonder if he even knows how many outs there are, Steve. That's how in space he looks to me when he's up there. I just don't even understand why he's a member of the team. And, and honestly, he's probably going to be sitting coming up with, with, you know, Bader coming hopefully off the IL. I mean, I, I, plantar fasciitis is a tough one, but it's very treatable, um, and he should be back to his old self. But I, I will say, like, that and the play, be- it was like the play before, he just isn't, he's, you know, not capable, I don't think. Or he's just a space cadet. Like, that's really what I wanted to write. Like, are you just not in the game? Do you not have your head in the game? Are you, like, on the golf course or something? Because he's really laughable in in center field. And then you look at other teams. You know, you look at Juan Soto, like, played the ball beautifully um, in Dodger Stadium last night when it was hit to him when it was off the wall. And through, you know, with such force. Now I realize the guy's 23 years old and hottest prospect and, you know, went out to, to the Padres and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, went out to Los Angeles. I went out to the Padres, played Los Angeles um, last night. And, um, you know, he's young, so he's, you know, not Hicks. But I just love the oomph in the outfield that I see from other guys. And I almost forget, like, when I come to the Yankees, and I see him, like, lumping around center field. Like, I just can't wait for him to be gone and sitting on the bench half the time, quite frankly. Let Gene Carlos Stanton come back, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and play out there and, and Bader and just get rid of Hicks because he's just not hustling. And he can't hit. You know what? I, I was going to – I'm, I'm going to still hold my thoughts. I'm going to have to get my pen because there's so many good thoughts. Oh, please, by all <laughs> means. i got to get your thoughts when you were in L.A. Uh, we didn't get it last week. Oh, yeah. How was the experience at Dodger Studio? Oh, my God. It was so amazing. It was just breathtaking. Like, I had never been there. And, I mean, I will say, I don't know how people get in and out of the, there for those games. Like, it, it was terrible. It's terrible. 
Wow. Like, hell. like you know, when you when you grow up in New York like I do and you did and you, you can get on a subway and hop up and there's so many different ways to get to Yankee Stadium or City Field or even like I'm not that far from Citizens Bank Park and you know, I've been obviously to Camden Yard several times. It's just there's so many different ways or neighborhood fields. I'm obviously describing neighborhood fields. Um, and, and you go to Dodger Stadium, and it's like one way in, one way out of this bowl, really. But I have to say, what a beautiful ballpark. And I was there one week or so before Vin Scully died, and there's a whole Dodger museum. And, but you know, the setup there, the, the pictures that they were showing, um, on Twitter and, you know, on the, on the national coverage that I watched um, last night just to kind of listen to the quotes and stuff from Scully, um, that was there. Like, that, you know, you can come into Dodger Stadium and be treated to just, you know, the, the history of the Dodgers and obviously, you know, born, born in, in Brooklyn and then moved out to L.A. Um, the Dodgers certainly have been embraced um, by the West Coasters, but I would say, like, that whole, like, that whole, like, um, foreground area where you're coming into the park and, like, the live announcers that are down there. And it's just, like, one big party. Like, really made that stadium an incredible I, – I need to go back because I barely got to see it. I sat all the way out in center field so I could see the whole ballpark. Um, definitely expensive, and I'm from New York, and I know expensive, so I was – Kind of surprised that my Dodger dog was like 18 bucks, um, no joke. Um, and there was nothing special about it except it was a Dodger <laughs> dog, and I had to have it. Um, and uh, I got to see Kershaw pitch, which was I, I was like watching the days leading up to it, uh, you know, watching it past you know the All Star break, and I'm like, oh my god, he is going to pitch, and I'm going to Dodger Stadium days after the the all-star game so i was able to pick up some some cool all-star gear and uh just fantastic beautiful day not a cloud in the sky um and just great baseball and they played uh they played the giants so that was exciting too so Mm. it was a a rivalry team so fantastic steve it was really wonderful oh great for sharing that um yeah i i I liked it didn't love it now i when i went i (sighs) I came in from the Sunset Boulevard. I came from the Sunset Boulevard yeah. side, so I'm not exactly sure what side yeah. you came from, but it was hella traffic. Oh, it was ugly. Yeah. It was ugly. But I, yeah. it was yeah. okay. When I, it seemed like when I came into that stadium, it, I, I came through the upper deck. It makes no sense, but that's what it looked like I did because I that's came from I the came upper. In. Yeah. Did you? It felt okay, so yeah. when I went in there, and then it's like I'm like on the upper deck. How does this work? <laughs> but anyway, uh, just walking around, uh, you know, you know all the Dodger history. I just thought the setup was really, it's really unique. You know, I, I'll put unique in yeah. a, a good sense. Now I like the the background and the landscape of of it. Now, Carl, you, I think you said, you, did you go to? Have you been there before too? And also, I, after you speak, I, I'll go back to my points on the uh, the Cardinals or. In particular, the Friday games. Yeah, the last time I was there was in 2004 when the Yankees were playing the Dodgers in interleague play. It was the first time that they had um, the interleague series since they, I think it was since the 81 World Series, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. So it was a really big deal. uh, I had seats on the field level. So the parking, when you come in, you know, you have to sort of, you you still have to do that sort of like circling around for, you know, not, it wasn't as long as if you were parking on the on the top deck you know <laughs> but basically how, how essentially how dodger stadium basically separates the uh the, the folks that have some money from the folks that don't if you don't have money you're parking way up there and if you have some money you're parking way down low so that, that's that was the one thing that sort of stood out the contrast between like that and like taking the subway to you know yankee stadium or wrigley field you know that's what i've been used to so the idea of, hey, listen, there's no subway to uh, Dodger Stadium. You're dr- either driving or, or now these days you're, you're Ubering or taking a cab and, you know, getting out of there. That's why folks have to – that's why folks get to the games late. Traffic is bad. Like, you know, between 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock when folks are getting off of work and you're trying to get, and you're trying to get up to that game, it's terrible. 
And that's why folks leave early. Like, who, who wants to be stuck in traffic for an hour? Yeah, it's terrible out there. Uh, the 101 and the 5, oh, man, it's a mess out there in L.A., man. But, um, yeah, I'm glad to hear you guys' experiences. Uh, uh, you know, going to these ballparks around the country, comparing it and contrasting it to the Yankee Stadium. Um, let me go back real quick to the uh, uh, the eighth inning. And I'll leave some meat on the bone for the Cardinals series. Uh, like I said, uh, normally I'm not that kind of guy to say. I'm always a team first guy, Knicks, Giant, Yankee, Rangers, right? Like most of you guys on here, I know, uh, and gals. But I, I had to be happy for Jordan Montgomery just to, just for one small weekend to stick it to the team that traded for you. And like Carl said, the karma, the guy you actually got in the trade stunk up the joint the very next day. That, that's a very good weekend for Jordan Montgomery. And you, I know they move on. And the Cardinals has been playing very well. They swept the Cubs. They came into our series. Uh, Yankees, of course, have winnable games. But that day in it, man, oh, man, I was irate after I left that game. I was at the game on Friday. And um, – and Clay Holmes actually had an okay start to the inning. I mean, he did get uh, Goldschmidt out, who's been an NL MVP terror this season. It kind of kept him at bay for the most part. But when Arenado got the infield single and ended up getting Gorman with the strikeout, I thought we were going to win this game. Like, okay, we got two outs in the eighth. Uh, the next thing you know, um, Clay Holmes uh, walked O'Neill. And then, to Carl's point, a guy, you know, been batting pretty bad, but he had a little pop in his bat. Nonetheless, got the double to right and got the go-ahead running RBIs in the eighth. Um, that, that was just a bad day at the office on Friday. Um, Herman, give him props for keeping us in the game. The Yankee bats were just off bases. I mean, it was really more about Montgomery on Saturday than anything. And then, like we said about Montez on Sunday, um, it's just oh, I, this is one. Moment. I, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I gotta be honest, man. Uh, Carl and Susie Prof and Jimmy, we'll go back to Jimmy and get his thoughts. You know, the umpiring on Sunday, the strike zone, especially the Matt Carpenter at bat, it was terrible. And I have no problem with Boone calling the bullshit out. It was, it was bad. The, the strike zone, the calls. I, I know you can't use it as an excuse, but come on, man. That that was, it was bad. bad. Um, it was bad. I had no problem with Boone going irate about that, and I had an issue with that, especially early on in the game. But let me say this one quick before we go to Jimmy. Um, I'm not, as far as the St. Louis uh, uh, experience, I know, Carl, you've probably been down to St. Louis for uh, the Cardinals. Uh, that was actually my first time to Bush Stadium uh, to get it off the list. Um, I got to say, man, listen, they got, they got the best setup I've seen thus far, as far as in Major League Baseball. Uh, to, to your point, Susie Prop, uh, me being at the games, I went to the game Friday. Saturday, uh, I did a lot of walking around. They have a lot of new amenities, restaurants. They, it's basically where the Old Bush Stadium is. It, they really turned it into a big, like like a comp, like, 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 like what Texas Live is to the Texas uh, Rangers, Carl. Like, like, like that kind of stuff with the restaurants, the bars. It is beautiful, man. Sports bar, TVs everywhere. Uh, smoke, uh, it's, the place smells like barbecue. It's the best smelling stadium in baseball <laughs> I've been to. Uh, but everywhere you went, uh, as far as it was free admission, of course, uh, TVs everywhere, all bunch of bars. I even went in, to the 360 where I watched some of the game from the rooftop. Like you could see, okay, if you watch the game on TV, go back and watch the game on TV. Susie Prof and Carl, there's a big glass-looking building way beyond center field. It's really a hotel, and up at the very top is a rooftop. You could actually go to the rooftop and watch the game. It's a great view. You can see the pictures on the, the Twitter feed. Uh, I put it up there. Um, I loved it. And to be honest with you, St. Louis Cardinal fans were really classy. Even when we lost, I was I was pissed. You know, I'm, I'm kind of you know angry, New York angry type of guy, but. I was mad because the way we blew the game, but they were all, they were kind of, they were cool. No issues, not like leaving Fenway or anything. They, you know, Boston or Philly, they would have rubbed it in your face. St. Louis was all love, you know, all love. The food is fantastic. I had a great time with the, you know, with the salt and smoke and Pappy's restaurant. Great barbecue, great barbecue. I say all this to say, man, if you haven't been to a game at Bush, because I think that's new because I was talking to a couple of Cardinal fans. That, this, the, 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 the new amenities, Carl, I don't know if you've been there, 
they it's really really brand new with the restaurants and bars like literally across the street. Not, not even it's like across the way. It's not even the street way. And you talked about getting in and out of the game. I mean that's the easiest. It's even easier than Yankee Stadium coming off the two train or the four train. Uh, it's that close. Uh, you get off the the, the red line. The Metro Link in St. Louis, you literally go up the stairs, the stadium's like right there, like in your face. Like, but, uh, any, Carl, have you been to that stadium? And Susie Prop, have you been to that stadium? Then we get to get Jimmy, get, let Jimmy get some talk on here. The last time I was there was in 2010. Uh, the Mets were playing okay. the Cardinals that day. That was the game that went 20 innings. <laughs> oh, shit. So, and so at the time, there was a lot of construction that was going on, um, uh. around there. So, if you if you see if you go across the street from the ballpark, there should there's a I don't know if it's still there. It's called Hilton at the ballpark. That's where we stayed. Um, and yep. you can literally you got your hotel and you probably walk about 200 feet and you're right at the stadium. Um, so that's you know that at that point all that uh, all that stuff you see now wasn't really there. It was in it was in construction. So I haven't been back since. Um, but that that Joe uh, Jackbox restaurant was also there. I don't know if you had a chance to go up there. Um, but it's also on, on the right field side as well. So that place was really good. I just don't want to go in when it's, you know, 90 degrees in summer and super hot, and I just refuse to, <laughs> I just refuse to do that. Yeah. I've been dying to go, season, personally. No, I haven't. I've been okay. dying to go. Um, uh, my brother uh, made it out there a couple of years ago and can't stop talking about it, and similar yeah. to your, you know, excitement about it. Um, so I, now you've really got me jazzed up to see that ballpark um, and to take that, that, you know, the scenery in. I do have a really good buddy, and he actually offered me a ticket on Sunday. Um, I just, you know, couldn't pull it off. But I'm, I really, really want to get out there. So um, you've even uh, sold it a little bit more. So, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a great I'll, baseball I'll, mecca. I'll say this. <laughs> and they the, are the schedule? They are classy. You know what? I, yeah, that's one thing. I have this new appreciation for the Cardinals than I had uh, previously to this weekend. And I don't know if it was just all the coverage and listening, you know, just realizing, like, wow, like, they're a vintage team. Like, they have, like, royal fans and just a lot of history and just, you know, I think, uh, I mean, their number of championships it's like 11 or something 11. like that. 11. I might be wrong. 11, yeah. And, and so I said to myself, my God, like, they're really a vintage team. And I've really got to wrap my my head around them. And, and it was, you know, Willie McGee and, and you know, um, thinking about all the different players that, that came through there, Lou Brock, the great pitching historically that came from there. Um, it's just just a really great team. And to see them play well, like the Yankees played terrible, and the Cardinals played well, and they are playing well, and they are really one of those teams that that are going to be um, somebody to reckon with. Like my my friend who was out there, he's like, "We'll we'll see you in October," and I'm like, "If we can get that far, if we can get past Houston, you know, and you guys got to get past the Mets, likely, but yeah, that'd be a fantastic World Series, and I would worry about." our ability to beat you, quite frankly, after this performance this weekend. Yeah. They had the um Carl like like they do at Wrigley, you could see the rooftop seats from the outfield. They had that setup going on. I they had it all going on, man. I loved it, man. I, I would go back. Like normally I okay, I did it. I'll move on to the next one. I actually would double down and go back. Uh Jimmy, let's go back to you and get your thoughts on the um the series and uh, anything. Let's get around Major League Baseball as well if you want to talk about, you know, uh anything else like the ground came back for the Mets, uh anything else you want to just add on for the Yankees, we'll get around Major League Baseball before we get final thoughts uh on this episode. Oh yeah, well the first well, well, well the first thing I'll the 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 first thing I'll say is, you know, I'm the 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 Montgomery thing to me, the Montgomery thing to me was stupid because you know, you know, you know, we trade, we traded for, we traded for a guy that, yeah, you know, he he might be a great, he might be a great center fielder and all, but what 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 good is he gonna, what good is he gonna do with us, well, you know, if he's still hurt, you know, and he might he might not even he might not even be back until, until until you know until you know late late September late September or maybe not, so like. I I feel I feel like yeah I feel like yeah you know stats are nice, 
but 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 it's like but it's like if the, if this Harrison Bader guy don't play, what well, what good what what good did it do for us? It just it just made our pitching it just made our pitching staff weaker, you know. But uh, as far as far as as far as around the league goes, I mean uh, the one the 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 one team the one team I think that that you know is really really surprised me. I know people talk about the Mets, but to to me it's real to to me it's really the Phillies. You know what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. You know, especially like what they did at the trade deadline. You know, getting get, getting David Robertson that was a heck of a that was a heck of a move for them. And you know they're they're just they're just cruising along right now. And you know with Harper coming back. With Harper coming back in a couple of weeks, I mean, uh, that that team is a force to be reckoned with. So I, I don't think anybody should, I don't think anybody should sleep on the Phillies right now. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. As far as the Yankees go, as far as other thoughts on the Yankees go, we, we just have to, we we just gotta start winning. We just gotta start winning somehow because, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we can't let the, we can't let this nice nice lead slip away too much because, uh, you know, it's you know it's gonna it's gonna hurt after a while, so we gotta we gotta just uh we we gotta we gotta just get it going somehow, man. And I hope the winning starts. I hope the winning starts tonight. All right, great thoughts, Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy. Carl, what about you, man? Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, the Yankees around Major League Baseball. Uh, uh, feel free, man. I just want to ask Jimmy a question on this Montgomery thing. Um, is six weeks of Montgomery worth not trading him? I'm I'm just I'm I'm a little confused by the argument that they should not have traded him. I mean, the guy who is currently replacing him is Herman, who's basically doing exactly what Montgomery was doing before the trade happened. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I just oh, well, it's good. You just you just don't. You just don't you just don't know if that guy is gonna if he's gonna stay if he's gonna stay consistent. I mean, you know and you know, that's something that Montgomery that that's something that Montgomery has has been doing is he's been, he was consistent for he was consistent for us all along. I mean you don't know what you you, you don't know how Domingo Herman's gonna be. Yeah, he might look he might have looked good now, but I mean uh, I I wanna see I wanna see more of a consistency from from him. I want I wanna see more starts like that. So I Okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I need to back up. I need to push back on that for a second. When he has not been injured, when has Herman not been consistent over the last three years? Oh, 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 oh when he's when he's when he's healthy he's been when 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 he's healthy he's he's been he's been right up there with him. So what's the issue then? You're, you're, you you made the comment that he needs to be more consistent, but when he has started and not been injured, he's always been consistent over the last three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, you know, there'll there'll be a couple games. What 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 I mean is there'll be a couple games. There'll be there there'll be a couple games where he'll give up he'll give up home he'll give up home runs some he'll give up home runs sometimes, but. Isn't that for every? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, but he, he always, but he always seems to, he always seems to, he always seems to bounce back. But I, I, I just, I just still, I, I just still wish we would have kept Montgomery as a, you know, as a, as another piece, as another piece of our rotation. You know, it's good to have two good, it's good to have two good consistent pitchers than to have just one. But they would have had that's that's But they would have had six starting pitchers had everybody been healthy in September. So two of them wouldn't be starting in October right off the bat. But that's where the bullpen that's... comes into play. Right? So that's where the bullpen has been failing, Carl, and I just really think that Montgomery I hear you about Bader and I'm I'm excited about him and when I read about him and got a good feel for what we were getting, and to your right, timing is everything, I thought it was great. But to Jimmy's point, Montgomery would have been consistent in the bullpen too. And right now we have no consistency in that bullpen. I don't know if it's because of the exit of King 
and just like people trying to, you know, kind of figure their slot out, if you will, or what. And certainly Holmes hasn't been consistent as of late. So having Montgomery, who could come in and pitch two, three innings as needed uh, when somebody like, for instance, Garrett Cole, who's been a disaster as of late, is, is you know, not performing at his, at his level of expectation, then at least you've got someone like Montgomery who can come in and, and pitch solid innings. I mean, I'd, I'd go with that if I've seen when, – when was the last time he, he was a reliever? <laughs> like, I have to also factor that in. Like, that has you don't happened. Know. I don't See, But, Carl, you don't know. Right. To Jimmy's point, you know, he knew what he had in Montgomery. And seeing somebody that came up from the farm system and was groomed, and it was a shock to see that guy go. And I, th- and I know he was shocked as well. He did not realize that he was headed out the door after – you know, rehabbing and coming back from Tommy John surgery and that, that long um, arduous uh, time that you've got to recover and, and come back to full strength and, and whatnot and build the endurance back. This guy was, you know, at his top at this point, meaning his top is his ability, his endurance, things were working. Yeah, could, would we have liked him to give up less runs? Yeah, I would like Garrett Cole to give up less runs too. Everybody's going to give up runs. But um, I just think in, the, in this stretch that we're now hitting in the, the middle of August as we move towards playoff baseball, having someone like Jordan Montgomery in the bullpen would have been an asset to the Yankees. Okay. I mean, I just feel like the, the answer seems to be more of an emotional one than one of sort of like just a strategic baseball three-month outlook of time. That's what I – and if that's the actual answer, then I would just like folks to just say that than some other reason that if you just sort of just sort of play it out to its logical conclusion is almost a hard one to sort of make sense. Well, I, right. said I thought he'd do well in the bullpen. So that wasn't a motion. That was I thought he would place well in the bullpen given – our bullpen woes as of late. So my thought process is I keep a pitcher who I know can come in and pitch several innings when someone like Garrett Cole, or in this case, Frankie Montas, isn't capable. All right. All right. All right, cool, cool. Now, Carl, anything else you would like to add before we go to Susie Prov around baseball or, or upcoming series yeah. versus Seattle? Either yeah, or. you know, there were two things that, that stood out. You know, for as much talent as the San Diego Padres have, it should, this weekend also showed me that for, that the L.A. Dodgers have so much more talent. It's crazy. Like, that team is, is like, I don't think folks realize, like, how stacked that they are. And the fact that because of unfortunate baseball stuff, they've only won one title with, with, with the collection of talent that they've concluded, that they've sort of built up over this long period of time is crazy. Um, the other thing that wanted that stood out to me, and this is why I, I, I always push back on the um, he can't pitch in New York thing. I want to give some praise to Edwin Diaz, okay? Because this guy, this season, has been insane. I think his strikeout, so I think his strikeout number over nine innings is like 19 over nine innings. It is he has been by far the best relief pitcher in baseball, and this guy was nearly run out of town basically for like the last like three years. So. If you sort of play this conclusion out, right, the reason people blame him for underperforming was that it was New York that got to him. Well, he's arguably the best relief pitcher in baseball this season. Did he go to some psychiatrist? Probably not. Or is it possible that the guy that was as talented as he was, why the Mets didn't want to trade him, you know, when teams were basically trying to figure out a way to fleece him, that they felt like this was kind of the talent that he always had, which he did have for Seattle, has now resurfaced this season for the Mets. Now, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. But he is a, he is a, 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 a tale in the idea that, you know what, there are guys that, you know, eventually talent finds itself. You know, they were talking about Lindor for about a year. He's on pace this season of driving like 125 RBIs. Did something happen? I don't think so. I think the guy was really, really good. And eventually guys that are really, really good perform at that level, regardless of where they play. And so I think a lot of times fans sort of overthink some of this stuff. But 
talented guys will eventually be talented performance at, at, at a certain period of time. It's just sort of how it goes. They don't, they don't, a guy doesn't become really, really talented, and particularly in a case like Lindor, you know, and all of a sudden just become a complete bum out of nowhere. You know, unfortunately, Joey Gallo is, is the, you know, folks are thinking that he underperformed as a Yankee. I would tell you that watching him in Texas, he was always the kind of hitter that he was. He was just more bad this time around. But he was always bad. He just happened to hit the ball a couple of times. Only this time, the ball just didn't leave his bat, <laughs> didn't hit it, didn't touch his bat. So, unfortunately, hey, it's worth it's, it's, it's how it goes. All right, cool. Thank you, man. Uh, Susie, probably anything else you'd like to add? Upcoming uh, series versus Seattle around baseball or anything else? And then after that, we we'll go around for final thoughts. Well, I think y'all heard that Didi Gregorius was uh, let go this week, so that was kind of uh, hard to hear. I always loved him. I mean, the guy that stepped in uh, when Jeter retired will always remember what he gave to this. Um, so, yeah, he was released by the Phillies um, this week. So that was kind of sad news. Um, I think thinking about the other teams that are getting me excited for baseball, I mean, I hate to say it, but um, – you know, our neighborhood rivals, the New York Mets, are playing with such amazing electricity. And Buck Walter is an amazing manager. I mean, we knew that he was. We were hoping that, um, that he would have come to the Yankees. I know the whole Boone thing, uh, you know, is in place for several years. But it would have been neat to kind of have him um, come in and, and be uh, his second in command, if you will. Just the, the, just the knowledge that Buck Walter carries with him um, and, and the way that the, the players look up to him. Yes, there's amazing talent on that team. And, yeah, the nod is to Diaz, who, who I've seen play uh, in person uh, over the last couple of years and was just like, all right, he's either going to do it or he's not. And obviously now he's doing it. And the way the, the you know, the city field uh, is rallying around him um, with his trumpets and, I mean, watching him run on the field yesterday uh, when I watched that game was just incredible that, that it didn't even go to commercial break because they're going to watch Edwin Diaz run in from center field. It, it almost reminded me of the years of Mariano, who – um, he wasn't always so good. If you're watching the, the, the documentary, The Captain, there were many uh, blown saves that we saw over the years that Mariano faced. Um, and, you know, like, like Diaz, potentially, Mariano just got better. Um, he figured it out. And so we hope that, you know, the players that do come to New York, to New York like Montas and, and, and Bader, um, uh, you know, um, Efros is doing a pretty good job from the bullpen, and that was a good uh, sleepy pickup um, from the Cubs. So we hope that these guys can can gel um, so that they can play well and continue the Yankees' force uh, towards the postseason. These games are critical um, in Seattle, Steve, as you well know. A, we've got to get past um, you know the five-game losing streak. Uh, B, we've got to get past. The, the games that we dropped against Seattle when they were here in New York um, and see um, we've got to figure out how to win even when we don't have our best team on the field due to injury or, or just, you know, other things that are, are just, you know, not going our way or not going the player's way, but everybody needs to step up and it can't just be, as I said earlier, Aaron judge the rescue. It's got to be everybody in sync really giving 100% when they go out on their, on the field and, and run a little harder and, and push a little little more, even when, um, you know, you, you just don't feel like it. You're getting paid to do a job. Get out there and do the job, and let's get into the postseason. Um, and where, whereas, as, uh, you know, Derek Cheater said in the documentary, it's a clean slate. We, we, it's like day one again. So we just got to get there. We've got to believe that we can get there, and we've got to believe that even though we've had, you know, this, this blip in a wonderful record uh, that we've had thus far, that we have the resilience and the talent to win. Right on. I'm going to bypass my thoughts and we'll go for final thoughts. I'll, I'll get it on the final thoughts. So, Jimmy, give us the final thoughts, man. Uh, Seattle, Boston, uh, on the rest of this road trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, 
you know, my thoughts are simple. I mean, I I hope that uh, I I I hope the winning starts tonight. You know, it's got to it's got to start it's got to start somehow, and uh, I'm actually gonna stay I'm actually gonna stay up late and watch it because I'm I'm actually I'm 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 actually not tired, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay awake and watch it, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I stay awake for a win. You know, uh, it's fun it's fun as always to do this with you guys, and uh, 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 let's go Yankees! I can't wait for next week. Thank you. Shout out to Jimmy man at Kane's Eagles one on Twitter, man, and Carl at the C notes on Twitter. Final thoughts, man. Yeah, saying goodbye. I, I noticed that the fans uh, up until last week or late last week were they had they had since. Gallo had left the team. They had turned their attention to Donaldson. I feel like he's like the next target now of the fans. And so I'm curious to see his performance now over the next couple of weeks if, if he begins to get the quote-unquote Gallo treatment that he was getting the whole season. Because, to be fair, Donaldson has not performed well offensively at all, but he's been sort of overshadowed by the fact that the other guy was bad or even worse. But now that that part has been erased from the equation, he's going to become more into the um, – into the equation and more into focus as we come down the stretch here. Shout out to Carl. Thank you very much. Shout out to Carl on that, man. Appreciate your thoughts, man. Susie Prof, final thoughts, and we'll wrap up. Yeah, I mean, Steve, we just got to win here in Seattle. And it's not about sweeps. It's about winning series. Mm-hmm. And then we've got to come in strong to Boston, and we've got to do well, and we've got to have, you know, Montas be at the top of his game. That, let's, let's show that that was just a blip and that he is able and more than capable of pitching for the New York Yankees. So let's, let's get some good pitching. Let's figure it out. And uh, let's, let's win series. That's win series. You're right. I totally agree. Um, go to Seattle, win the series, go back to Boston and try to finish the job by the time we come back here on next Monday. My thoughts around the league, there's three of them. Uh, with the Mets, of course, DeGrom coming back. He looked very good versus the Braves with the 12 strikeouts, man. I mean, I, I really appreciate good pitching no matter what team it is. And, you know, like you said, Susie, uh, Susie Prof, uh, the Mets, they, they are fun to watch. You know, just from an objective lens perspective, they they are fun to watch. It, it, is a, it is definitely exciting, no doubt about that. I also had uh, two other thoughts as far as um, – uh, Cle- not Cleveland, no, Chicago, as bad as they've been playing, they are still right there for the division. And I don't even think they – I know they had the Tim Anderson suspensions and stuff like that. That division is closer than – and I know it's kind of bad, the Guardians, the Twins, and the White Sox. But I think the White Sox, as bad as they play, and I, I had them winning the division, I think they still have a shot to do it, man. They're only two games out, and they've been up and down, up and down, up and down, and they're still right there, man. Um and I think I guess my last thought around baseball, and, and Carl, you said it. Uh, is LA? LA is just man. They're just pretty much on cruise control. I mean, they're just going to get through the one through the one sixty two. San Francisco last year was that was flukish with with them winning all those games, and even though they bowed out in that first round. But uh, it, to me, I, I wanted to see San Diego really take the step in the, in the right direction. I thought when they played the Mets, that was the case. And then they, they played the series versus L.A., and they just they got their number. They, they, for San Diego to really make the step up, they, they got to show that they can outplay the Dodgers. And to me, they're just, they're just, that, that division is just the Dodgers and who's going to play, who's going to be in second place. Uh, for the rest of the field, but I I I gotta agree with you, Jimmy, on the Phillies, man. I, I really shitted on them about a couple of months ago before they went on a nice win streak. They're definitely in the midst of that wild card situation as well. So uh, the NL East, along with the AL East, with three teams, and, and oh, that was the other point, Baltimore. <laughs> with, with Boston in last place, Baltimore. <laughs> Uh, ahead of the you know ahead of the Red Sox in the standings and in four or five games over 500 man kudos to the Orioles man as much as or bad as they've been over the last several years I I think our division may be the only one I think Boston's like one or two games under 500 at this point is the only one where every team's over 500 <laughs> that just shows the, the, the level of competition and like Jimmy said you can't slack off man we gotta start winning series like Susie Process so Jimmy Carl Susie Process. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We'll be back, and hopefully we'll have better and 
brighter winning news to share with our own squad and around baseball here on the Dugout Podcast with Bleeding Yankee Blue here on the Bleed Blue Show. Sangre Azul, ladies and gentlemen, Bleed Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue,